All right. Stand wow, this, by. this really does feel. <laughs> all righty. Well, good evening, one and all. We are live on thepointofthings.com. Give us a call, either US 617-500-2257 or UK. What's the first code? Thomas, the first three numbers? 01144, George. Thank you. 208-068-8776. Here we and go. For Ireland, 011 what? Uh, I don't know, actually. All right, stand by. 01141. 41, okay, got it. Here we go. This is The Point of Things with George Capalbo and Tom Shattuck. And here they are, just a couple of guys with microphones. I asked you, what could possibly go wrong? Tom Shattuck and George Capambo. Just a couple of guys with microphones. Nothing will correct, go wrong. George, that is correct. How are you? What an odd day today. It what was an odd, odd day. day. I, I was, um, it was sort of quiet, and then there was a flurry of activity. I spoke to various customers. I was speaking to someone in Hawaii, setting, they're, they're living on top of a volcano and doing remote broadcasting. George, can you fill for a minute and 38 seconds? I can fill for a minute and 38 seconds. Go ahead. All right, good. I'm going. Actually, you know, I was ready last night to do a show, and I've got to go find a track. I actually needed a minute and 38 seconds. So, essentially... To find your track? Yeah, to find my track. Let's see. Uh, well, today, do you want me to talk for a minute and 38 seconds? No, 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 seconds no, 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 no. I, I'm, I can talk while I'm... I can type and talk in this at the same time. But uh, you go ahead and do that. All right, here we go. All right, let's see. I'm going to cue this up. Let's see if I can figure this out. I should go here. And as they came to me after situation. All right. I think I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. So, so actually, last night, we didn't do a show. We decided we're going to do a show every day. But it's okay, because we've actually done, now with a third show, three times more shows than we've actually done in maybe two months. So this is, a, a, we're on a tremendous roll, and I feel the groundswell of uh, support for us in the greater internet community worldwide. How about you, Tom? Are you still typing? Okay. I'm so, still typing. All right, go ahead. All right, so when he comes back, I will, I will ask him to answer this question, but maybe any of you out there, 50 years ago, we're, we're big into this right now. You know, we did, look what we covered so far. We did Lincoln Assassination. We did Apollo 13. And so I guess this is this time of the month, April, there's a lot of action. Is it because in the Northern Hemisphere, the weather is better or what? I don't know. But 50 years ago, and this is a very Boston-centric thing that's beloved by everyone, a, and a famous thing happened. As a matter of fact, this could be a hint. It's a famous thing on radio, and I have it, and we can discuss it. I can hear him typing. Are you a touch typist, Tom Shattuck? Yeah, I don't know how to do it. But you're just doing it. See, I, I, yeah. I took typing in high school at my Catholic school in Worcester, Massachusetts, the Venerable St. Mary's on Vernon Hill, and we had a typing teacher named, it was all, it was all nuns, named Sister David. And we learned to type on royal typewriters. These are these mechanical typewriters. And so not only did you need to hit the right keys with your fingers, you must hit them with the correct pressure. Otherwise, your letters are all dark and light and it looks weird. And so it was complicated. And 
if you made a mistake in Sister David's class, she had a stick and she didn't whack you. That was a thing, you know, in a, in the Blues Brothers, right? The penguin, their, their, their schoolmaster would beat them with sticks. No, she would slap the typewriter in front of you and there'd be a loud clang and it was very jarring and uh, you learn to type correctly. So I am a touch typist and I can actually not look at the keyboard and type away and uh, I might be as fast as Tom Shattuck with a just a, a regular method. What are we drinking tonight, Tom? If anything, a vodka soda. Uh, I've just got a Heineken. I'm kind of my. I probably have to go and do a run for some kind of beverages. I might be getting a little low. I've been going through my backlog in quarantine, away from the world. Although, so I do have. A, a, do Do you ever go to Total Wine and Spirits? You can just answer yes or no and keep typing. Of course. Okay. And they'll do in in your trunk of your car delivery. Someone will come out in a hazmat suit and they'll look at you kind of with a distant look and. They'll ask you to open your trunk, and then they drop your box of whatever it is you're buying into the into the trunk, and then you're ready to go. So I may be doing one of those. Which actually, I mean, they're doing this they're doing this kind of stuff for free. I actually find this more convenient than going in the store, although you do get to look around and you know examine things. Because for me, alcohol is all about recipes and combinations of things. It's not necessarily not all the time uh, pure quantity it's more quality and that's a 99.9 percent .9 of the time so anyway so i have to do some of that this sounds very simple uh, very serious whatever he's doing anyway so all right so i'm I, I gave you a hint 50 years ago last night that would be april 15th which normally would be tax day they've, they've actually delayed have you done anything on your taxes i've done nothing yeah we already got it all back well that's good because i <laughs> when i when I discovered I had a delay, I said, I'm not going to do that. If there's a delay, I'll just wait. Although my accountant made some veiled threat, like there won't be any time after April 15th for me to do it. So I don't know what's going to happen. But yeah, I've, I've got to go put all that, pull all that stuff together and mail it off and and fall on my sword and, and uh, basically uh, ask for forgiveness and ask her to do my taxes. But it's not until July now. So anybody listening in the United States hasn't filed their taxes, you can relax. Don't panic. It's not dumb. It's not a big deal. Anyway, so 50 years ago, last night, uh, something happened. There was a very famous call on radio, and uh, it was, well, anyone in Boston would know this. Even if they weren't born then, they've, they'd have heard this. All right, you ready? I was born ready, George. I am here and reporting for duty. All right, here we go. You ready? So I said the only thing I could think of was the official. Are you ready? Is the question. I am ready. Mr. Howard Greer. Yeah, but, all right. Is this in Braille or am I going to hear something? So when he handed him the ball, I don't hear anything. I started oh, to hang on. To myself, one thousand one. Why are you not hearing things? Uh, I think I've got this set well, to the wrong well, device. Well, 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 <laughs> well, well, well. Now, well, you anyway, know? you know, it's all good can, until someone, someone can sets do the it. Right. TED well, Talk on CPUs, but <laughs> when you need audio, <laughs> yeah, we need audio, nothing happens. I may still have this. Actually, Dar, you talk for a minute. See, now, I'll tell you what, the reason why I'm a little dis uh, up, a little unset, I was actually playing around with audio hardware, and I've disconnected a bunch of things. That's why I said I need a little time to do this. You fool, George. You I was, talk? I plugged it all back in. Let's see if I got it. So today is oh, a sad day because I, we've lost Brian Dennehy. 
Yes. Who is one of my, one of the fatter actors out there, which I appreciate. I remember he he did a role where he wouldn't take his shirt off, and I thought, I can relate to that. And he always, he always um, looked happy, too. Yes. Oh, and what an actor. The role he played in Rambo, or First Blood, right. was a great role. I, I think that special special praise and adulation should be given to actors <laughs> who can play the biggest jerks on the earth. Yes, exactly. And he was one. He was good at that. I would add the great Dabney Coleman to that. Yes. And by the I mean, way, what, the people who pl- who who are played the biggest jerks are usually in real life exactly the opposite. The biggest pussy cats in the world. They're the nicest people. Strangely enough. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was really. He was really good. So, Dabney Coleman. Who's who are some of the others who are total jerks who were wonderful? Uh, well, there's some bit players, like the guy who played the reporter in Die Hard. Right. And, of course, uh, the guy who played um, uh, Ed in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the principal. Uh, uh, yes. It, he was kind of a strange guys, dude, but, yeah. He, th- there may have been an exception. I think he got oh, in some well, trouble. He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that happens. Um, but who is some of the other guys who play just totally Actually, um, Silence of the Lambs. I, my mind is a, is a famous actor. I, my mind is well, lost Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins is, is a really nice he, guy, apparently. Yes, but he also, I mean, he played a psychotic in that. I'm just talking about somebody who can play a, like a total a-hole. Yeah. Um, and let's see. Usually they're good. Uh, they're misogynists as well in their roles. Uh, John Larroquette was good. As the uh, hedonist uh, night court. Yes. And God, that guy who played, uh, I'm really fishing I would, now. I would, guy, say, I would say any Bond villain in real life, they're actually pretty nice people. Really? Like I, um, Jaws? Yeah. Oh, he. I met him. I actually met him at a, at a uh, car show. They had two of the Bond cars. Very nice guy. Big smile on his face. Very friendly. Big hand. Big hands. Big guy. No longer with us, sadly. Very nice guy. All right, I'm ready. I've got my audio now. I'm ready. Are you ready for this? This is 50 years ago, last night. He gets it out deep, and Havlicek steals it over the stand zone. Havlicek stole the ball. It's all over. Yes. Havlicek stole the ball. There's a guy who was came off as a jerk on radio, Johnny Most. And he was just weird, I think, in real life. But he was—he was the uh, Johnny Most freakouts. I miss those to this day. Oh yeah, when they when the other team he thought the other team was being too physical and pushing them around. This yeah. is ridiculous. Like this. Like you ready? Wrestling. You ready? I got I got drops. You ready? There is a violent, violent knockdown by Lambert. Oh my! A completely unnecessary foul by Lambert. He has the audacity to complain about something. He has the audacity to complain about something. It was uh, amazing. And matter of fact, that's from a YouTube video. If you go watch this YouTube video, he is actually really upset. They're they're shooting. They've got a camera behind him, and he is holding on to his microphone, and his head is shaking, and you can see almost he's spitting. He's so angry. Yeah. Well, Johnny comes from a, a generation of broadcasters like Cosell, who... Well, I loved as well. Yes, who was great. But these guys, um, 
weren't completely reluctant to enjoy a cocktail during the game. No. So I would say that uh, that, that Johnny was sometimes uh, overanimated. <laughs> and uh, Cosell was great. I mean, those, if you were in that crew of Monday Night Football with Cosell and who are the other guys? Uh, uh, Don Dandy Meredith. Don. Yes, Dandy Don. Yep. And... and, um, and uh, uh, Kathy can, Lee's husband, yes. not Kathy Lee. Um, uh, yes, it is Frank Gifford. Why, Frank? Why, why are we forgetting names tonight? This is really weird. I don't weird. know. It's, it's kind of a weird. Thing. I don't know, but I think that that that, that crew that would be a fun crew. It would be a fun time. I love. Do you ever that. have a job where you drank in the job, George? Uh, wait, where it was part of the job, or was it just? You, no, it wasn't part of the job. Well, I mean, I think you know. As a softer developer, at least for me, it's if I drink at lunchtime, I'm kind of done writing code, so right. I, I have to not do that. So early in my career, I would go out to you know company lunch and have a beer or something. I had a Long Island iced tea once, on kind of an empty stomach. That was a bad idea, and I was done for the day. Luckily, I was not driving; I was uh, <coughs> driven back, so it was all good. But <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I was well, Long Island. Ah, uh, South terrible. by Southwest. I think when I used to do South by Southwest for for Backbone, I mean there'd be days where you'd start drinking at noon and finish you know late into the evening and not not you know in a not like a lot but just you know a slow pace just be right. sipping on something but yes so that and that's part of of the thing yeah i'm thinking i'm generally with you that if you start drinking at noon first of all I, i'm i'm no good in a day anyway i would last maybe <laughs> i'd have the best hour of my life and then be somewhere eating and then passing out probably yeah. um, I, I just fall asleep uh, right it's and i could never do work like that but but I did. It, I worked at the Harvard Club, which is a. It's just a, uh, f essentially a function bartender, mm. um, in Boston, and one of the Harvard clubs. And I lived in Boston, up the street, and on Beacon Hill. Now, it, these are all nice names, but I was dirt poor in just a, a, a bartender at the Harvard Club, and lived in a in a dive in Beacon Hill. But um, which is, if anybody's not from Boston, is is right up the street, right in downtown Boston, cobblestones, all the. It's all a the nice area. Stuff. It, it, it is, is sort is. of a symbol of Boston, but still, you're right. in Boston and you're there. The reality so was, was, and you're a young man, there, was, and you could do things. Right, and I, I was told when I started my job bartending, I was told quickly by the wait staff who had been there for twenty and thirty years, <laughs> don't screw up. That they no no that they drink and that I am expected to. When they they'll come over and clear tables, and when they put empty glasses on my my uh, side table, essentially. Oh, you're supposed to fill the, them. That tray. Yes, I'm supposed to fill them with straight booze, and they're going to bring it to the back of the kitchen. Really? And drink it? Yeah. So I would do it. I like I would they I did what they told me to do. They'd been there forever. You don't want to get on the wrong side of the wait staff servers. See, either, I, because, I was thinking there was going to be like a a catch to this, where now the manager came and said, "Well, Why are you feeding them liquor?" Well, the manager, it's funny because these these and it's mostly women had been there so long that they didn't really feel the uh, fear the managers too much. Yeah. Um, but the managers occasionally would also some of these functions would go to twelve at night. Some you know fun, big functions are on Fridays and Saturdays, so it wasn't strictly verboten. It wasn't allowed, but it wasn't verboten. But my feeling was that I was never um, that it's it, it's. I'm trying to concentrate, and I don't want to be like slightly buzzing during work, and, and yeah. I don't want to be one of these people who just goes into this job at night and, and and gets messed up. And then it was like the final three weeks of me being there, and I thought, you know what, I might as well join the party here. The other bartenders were drinking, some of you know. I've, so then I, at the beginning of the function, just started making little cocktails for myself, and it's fun, you know. You have like eleven different boozes there. You can make all sorts so of really, different things. I, I really thought that so, bartenders, as a rule, did not drink. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, as a rule, maybe, but, but <laughs> not your rule. So I started in the last few weeks just drinking while, uh, while working, and it's a lot more fun if you have that job because there's not much yeah. thinking involved. It's like Cosmos, Gimlets, uh, Gibsons, Martinis. You know, there's there's not too much involved. You're just mixing drinks. And I thought, yeah, this is that was really fun. So that there I did. Um, and I, I would assume that if I worked at a real bar that closed to two, that those guys are always drinking. Um, most of them, or they're in AA, probably, because that life, especially when you're young, those people all stay there till three, four in the morning sometimes. And a big restaurant, you got to clean stuff up and clean stuff up. They're all drinking. They're drinking the rest of bottles. You know, most of these bottles, as soon as you crack the bottle, um, then the the customers paid for the whole thing anyway. Right, especially with banquets. Yeah. So, and also you're young, and there's there's guys and girls hooking up, etc. And it's your the, liver's the good. Life. Yeah, it's all. Oh, it's all the, good. that's yeah. yes, that's the restaurant life where, where they all do that. But um, but other than that, <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest it. No, I don't. I really. don't. I don't. I don't no. either. So you know, for me, if I if I if I'm gonna have a drink, the day is done. You know, I'm I'm now into offline right. mode, and I'm gonna relax and get some dinner and. Something. Actually, we haven't ordered. We're gonna. I think we're gonna send out for dinner tonight. We got. Uh, so we got fresh chicken in the in the refrigerator, but it's air chilled. It says it's good until the twenty something, and which yeah. is kind of weird, right? As I always think, if you get fresh stuff like that, you want to cook it. And my this is my son's idea, and he got a lot of it. I'm saying, son, we got to cook this stuff, otherwise it's gonna go bad. No, he's saying, no, 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 it's fine. So, and now it's kind of too late. And I don't feel like cooking it, and he's clearly not interested in cooking it. So I think we're gonna get a takeout, and they're open for I don't know a couple more hours. So we'll. When the show is over, I will be dialing out to scales. We could uh, very cool. I'm yeah. still worried about how you're going to prepare the chicken. He has some recipe he wants to. He wants to do it. He has some recipe he wants to do. So I don't know what it is. And he said, "Do you have breadcrumbs?" I said, "Yeah, I got plenty of breadcrumbs." Okay, so he's going to do a chicken parm kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. He's going to chicken right. parm kind of thing. George, you know what the key is there? You know what the key is? I don't know. Tell me. The hammer. The hammer. You've got to pound the bleep out of chicken breast with chicken parm to make it about one inch, uh, one oh, half an inch, a third of an inch thick, and so that it's got it's flat and it's got all the hammer spike ridges in it, so it captured you know more. It's about ends and crispiness. Mm. So pound the hell out of it. We all don't right. want any thick chunks of white chicken meat. There's no that's useless. I that's think there's tasteless. I think there's bones in these chicken breasts. We got. We'll have to debone them and then beat the crap yeah. out of them. All right. Yeah. I remember that. I remember that. I worked at a deli before, George. I wasn't very good at it. Um, but, uh, but I worked um, at food service at my college on the weekends. And I would like so, just be cleaning dishes. Or sometimes the, the, the good job for me was getting the, the salad bar. And I would get to talk to people, you know, and hang out. The salad bar. The salad bar. <laughs> Never understood who was eating the beans at the salad bar. I don't know. No one. Well, now I think salad bars right now in the in the world are, are verboten, and maybe they're Absol not coming back. Are, are salad no, bars going to come back? <clears throat> right now, the cashiers have a sneeze guard. You know, back then it was just <laughs> salad bars. Yeah, isn't it crazy? It is. It really isn't is it crazy. That's why I was uh, emailing. By the way, I had to send an email. I was trying to get uh, Alex Berenson, who's the big. Uh, oh. He's the the counter voice to all the panic happening out there. Oh, he's the guy who said that we're not looking at the stats that this isn't is nearly as bad as it's supposed to be. The COVID nineteen stuff. I interviewed him last year because he had a book about how terrible marijuana was, 
So he was kind of looking for trouble going against the legal marijuana <laughs> movement around the country. Oh, yeah, that's and big he was trouble. he a good guest, and he got all sorts of attacked for it, and people hated him. And now he's managed to be the contrarian in the entire COVID thing. And the same thing was happening, but he's certainly growing his brand. But his auto reply shows you. I sent him his pitch to, to be on a show. His auto reply says, I'm, I'm receiving many emails right now. I'm reading them and will do my best to get back to you, but I apologize in advance if I can't. Stay sane. Thanks, Alex. Um, I've got to think that he's one of the biggest gets on the earth right now. Yeah, he's, he's, he's very popular. thousands a day. Right. Yeah, contrarian views are always, are always popular because it, it sort of feeds all the people who are into conspiracy theories and, you know, just, just weird... Uh, they just want to. They just want to disagree, or they want to. You want to be on the inside. No, you 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 were right, and everyone else, the the mainstream is wrong. You know, everyone. Oh, and this is a natural for that because yeah. all you have to you've got a fifty fifty chance. It's either going to be as bad as they think or not as bad as they think. And if you bet on not as bad, and it and is bad, you can, you're screwed. Right, right. You're screwed. Or history is not going to linger too much. It's going to linger on that that fact. Right. You know, uh, the fact that it, things are so bad, but. Um, but if you screw it up, I mean, but, uh, but if you're right, then you're a genius. And this guy is, he's, you know, a lot of people are angry that they're not allowed to go to work and not allowed to go out. And there's a, there's a very valid argument there. It's funny. This is, this is a situation where there are a few valid arguments and they're, they're counter counter arguments to each other, which is usually odd. You know, I mean, this is not, uh, this is a different, different time. It's. It's interesting. It's interesting. It, it is interesting, and it's the whole planet. It is not just in a town. You know, it, it kind of makes all the other sort of calamities seem kind of quaint, doesn't it? When it's when it's like one city, you know, there's flooding, or there's a volcano, or an earthquake, or something, which are all horrible, difficult things. But this is the whole planet. It's every country to some extent. I mean, it's it's unprecedented, and uh, yeah. Well, I, I do feel like I think we we discussed this the other day. I do think people are adapting. I'm, not, I'm talking about. Well, I'm kind of liking them. They they can deliver right into my car, or I'm liking that Whole Foods will deliver for free. Does that change when this is all over? Maybe, maybe not. But um, uh, you know, I don't know. But that seems really convenient to me. And I guess grocery delivery and and that kind of stuff. I mean, I've done takeout. I'm doing takeout delivery tonight. But 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 they didn't show up in a hazmat suit, rubber gloves, and a mask, and you know, right. And back away slowly, right? They look around your porch, see if there's anything that looks a little greasy on your doorknob, and then, you know, they back away slowly and continue on. I don't know. So, it's, yeah, it, it's people are adapting. There is an adaptation. So, we adaptation. haven't done any, we haven't done any ordering whatsoever, although we don't have many places around here that generally do it. Yeah. And we've got a lot of little mouths to feed, and some, one of the couple of guys have allergies, so we don't, it's just right. not that easy. I can't get $80 worth of Chinese food anymore. I wish I could, but those guys are gone for me. I, my son's allergic to stuff. Yeah. Um, but, um, but I would, I mean, I miss, I miss a good, beautiful, American way too hot, way too greasy pizza. I can get those. I got uh, a good pizza place in town. So we, yeah, we, yeah, we got Scales, the fish place, which is awesome. That's my right. number one. We've got the Pizza Chef, which is great. And they own another place called the Coop, where they have more kind of complicated sandwiches. We have a Chinese place called the Food Works. And then mm. there's just DoorDash, and we've done some stuff. I found a great place in Worcester, the Hangover Pub, which I, I now I want to go there when it's no longer, when it's open someday. And they had like a Brussels sprouts with bacon, which was just, man, not fish, right? But man, it was really good. 
Those can be good. Those it's very healthy, so I'm, was, uh, I do get nervous, but <laughs> yeah, no, no healthy good. food Brussels, for you. Brussels sprouts are very are an interesting animal. There's no uh, vegetable like it. Although, I guess the uh, asparagus is kind of the tall, long version of it, but. Yeah, but no, I think it's got the uh, Brussels sprouts can have a very bitter taste. You have to do something to them. You have to apply something with them to make them uh, to be palatable to eat. Otherwise, they they just taste a little bitter, you know. And uh, they need some kind of seasoning. Whereas asparagus, you can just kind of and I do like I I remember like I had a fresh asparagus. I feel like I've just come back from the war and I'm getting you know to sit outside on the front porch or something. Uh, it's fresh asparagus. It was wonderful. And you know, um, do you ever? All right, let me ask you this. Do you snap your asparagus? Um, no, I don't know what that means. Okay, so there's a there's a tough end of the asparagus, the end that's that grows out of the ground from. Yep. Correct. And you want to break you want to cut that off. Well, if you take your asparagus and you hold the end that's the tough part and you hold about halfway through the the uh, the middle of the good part and bend it, it naturally breaks at the edge of the tough part. And you get the most wow. asparagus. That is great. Now, it is. That is great to know. <clears throat> so you know what else is really pretty? Mm. Is in in our place in Vermont, our grandmother uh, had asparagus, uh, had a little garden with asparagus in it. Mm. But but my brother and I are too stupid to know what to do with it. So we just let it grow. <laughs> and it grows tall and beautiful. Have you ever seen asparagus? No. Trees, really? They're really pretty. They're tall. They're like five feet tall. And they're really pretty. And they're really wispy. And they're really nice. So you got to pick them when they're with... early. You pick them when they're small, not when they go to exactly. six feet tall. Then they're all tall. Unless you want, to, unless you want trees, and that's. Uh, but they're nice. But now we're working. We're designing with my wife tonight our chicken coop that we've got to make within about Ooh. three weeks now. Ooh! So oh, for the these for chickens. these uh, what, are, what are these are these well, voracious we've, we've animals? We've got reinforcements. So now we've got six guinea fowl. Any fowl, hens, right? And we've got six now chickens, like two oh. blue marbles and one. Comet Green, I don't know what they're called, Rhode Island Roast or whatever they are. Rhode Island Red. You can, are you going right. to have like a? Are you going to have eggs? You're going to. You want to? Yeah. So these other six will have eggs. This is a bad move. That's what they call this technically. But <laughs> you know, I figure why the hell not? So, so we're going to put them in. We have a shed in the back of my house where you and I have sat in front of. Right. And one half of well, one part of it, about a third of it, is sealed off from the rest. And that used to be an outhouse. Uh, you know, a hundred years ago, really, and you could, the little holes are still in a little bench in the back of the thing, <laughs> right? But that's big enough to be a to to use as a coop, so those guys can roost in there. Oh, I'll put some uh, branches up in there, and then back. I'm going to replace the wall that's in the back and put a little exit door in a little chicken run area, and even have it wing out into my yard, so they can go out the back and then hang in and then walk out into the yard. Without bothering us in the seating section. That's really that's cool. The, yeah, well, I mean, that's cool. That is nothing. I am not the person who should be trying to do this, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to those guys. Just chickens walking around, you know? Yeah, can, I, can I have an egg or two? Of course you can. Okay, good. I'm told that the, the real chickens... Like at some point we'll make five a day, so like we're gonna have a, 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 Half human, a dozen. humanitarian crisis here with how, how to get rid of these. <laughs> how to get rid of the eggs, but they're gonna yeah. be super fresh. Yeah, I guess so. But I'm like, I I don't find eggs necessarily life changing. But my wife does all sorts of crazy cooking though. So I'm not. I'm not. So I've never so been a big egg, egg fan, but I but I occasionally will like a poached egg or I like I like a, I like a oh, yeah. um, eggs Benedict. 
occasionally. Damn right. Oh. Yeah, but oh. not with Canadian bacon. That's a useless thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, a steak egg Benedict. Yeah. Or yeah, back when I was a thin man and not eating carbs, I would have steak and eggs all the time. Wow. Uh, for breakfast. Mm. And um, it, when done right, it can be well, but... Man, yeah, I've, I've very dealt- rarely done that. I like. I think that's that's for some reason that's too heavy for me in the morning. Steak with eggs. Hmm. I mean, generally, I I get you. I get you on that. Generally, the, the almost every restaurant I've gone to that's had it has been kind of a diner, so it's been this yeah. slab of leather, really. Right. Um. But it's you know I'm I'm glad it's I'm glad it's out there. I've been weaning myself off of uh, more carbs, eating a little bit better here. Which is good. Walking, George, four miles a day. Really? Um, That's really good. Well, I'm trying to. I'm trying to not be because my first week of this, I was as terrible as I could ever be, even for me. Right. I was as oh, Jesus. terrible. I was like, well, so this is what I do when I don't have to show up. Somebody, I was like, that God. That's so pathetic. like one hand, you had a block of cheese, and the other one, a big slab of bacon, and you just turned to one eating, side and, and. I was eating spaghetti it. with clams. Exactly, it oh. was a Monty Python skit. skit. I was Mr. Creosote. Yes, spaghetti with clam sauce, like morning, noon, and night. I'd be hurting after I ate it because I put so much hot stuff in it and spices and insanity sauce that I'd like writhe on the couch. Wow. And then drink like 15 beers. And it was like, it, wow. I was like as wretched, not like in, maybe it wasn't 15, but it felt like it, it was as wretched as I possibly could be. You know, that like some men rise to the occasion when crisis hit, and then some are just crap. And this, if this isn't proof that I was meant to be snuffed out at an early age, but somehow I missed my <laughs> execution. I don't know what is. So we, but I have, I, uh, the worst thing I've done so far is I had an entire box of Ritz crackers. In, in the, like one of the first weekends, we with got, anything on it, uh, dipping or no, with some or? cheese, with some cheese, eating what with kind cheese. Of cheese. Oh, I had, I had some Jarlsberg and I had some Manchego and a couple. Like I mm-hmm. I went to I did like the last run at Whole Foods before the world caved in. So okay, a couple of things on that. One, the Ritz. Uh, it's not the, the right cracker, cracker for that. You really want like a, whoa, whoa, a, a different hold cracker. On, George. A t- mini the toast. Rich cracker, Rich cracker is the king of crackers. It's a wonderful cracker. It's, it's wonderful. And it's I, I have no problem with the Ritz cracker as the only cracker to use. I don't like one of these brittle shingles that people use because they're supposed to be natural or have linseed in them or sea salt or sea salt. Um, I use them uh, because I'm afraid my neighbors will judge me if I only have Ritz crackers, but <laughs> I'm not proud of it. I but, don't. Uh, I found myself like in the middle of the day, just going and eating a couple, three. They just there. There's something in them that makes good. them addictive, right? That they're they're just so yeah. good. They just just by themselves. But yeah, no. Or with yeah. peanut butter, I would go and snack on some peanut butter and Ritz crackers in the middle of the afternoon. Now I'm out, and um, I got some from Amazon, and those are sold out. And I got well, we did our Whole Foods order. They have the generic Whole Foods brand of Ritz crackers, or they call them Golden Rounds. And oh god, they sound expensive. George. They're no, they weren't. They were like two, two bucks, two fifty for a box. wasn't wasn't horrible. Are they the three sixty five brand? Yeah, they were a three sixty five brand. They're a generic brand. And you know what? They almost tasted like Ritz crackers, but they didn't have that savoir faire. That just yes, you want to keep eating them. That the real thing has. So, well, remember, Ritz crackers came in a tin. Yeah, I do actually. I do now. It's you all cardboard. Those, those are the days. I know. And you know what? I kind of consider the Ritz cracker. Uh, of of cookies and let's see if you agree uh go ahead vanilla wafer Ooh, i don't know if i was you don't... 
I don't know if I've eaten a lot of Nilla wafers in my day. Really? There, it's oh. an antiquated thing. I mean, it really, they yeah. probably peaked in, go... probably in the 20s, and then they, uh, the, the in maybe in the 70s, we're still holding on, and they're really not. I may have to go try you that, don't though. See you, may, you, you piqued my interest. I may have to try some of that. I mean, you know, my you know college spell, group. Do you know how you spell peaked, as in peaked your interest? Uh, P-I-Q-U-E-D? Correct. Thank you. I'm just, the so that one I knew from years back, because I actually read a book, but, uh, but. I more and more find these sayings and phrases that I've been spelling wrong forever. And I'm, I write, so I pass this stuff into an editor, and they must be thinking, you idiot. You can't and one, spell. One of the re- right. Or, uh, yeah, and I've been embarrassing myself forever. <laughs> one is peace of mind. Uh, P-E-A-C-E. As opposed to P-I-E-C-E. Correct. Exactly. I thought it was a piece of your mind, so... Uh, you know, I have peace of mind. You know, so just a how, small so chunk of mind. There. You're a first grader. You're a first grader, right? What? How, how, yes. old, how old are you in the first grade? Uh, what are you, seven? Maybe? Yeah, okay, like seven. Okay, so when I was in the first grade, I had this class. It was like the phonetics. They teach you mm-hmm. how, to, how to understand words and spell them by just understanding the sound of them. And I just looked at this and I said, I don't want to do this. This is like stupid. So I just kind of ignored it. And so... The end of the year comes, and I haven't done it. I'm like I all the all the work for some reason they weren't checking the work. There was some workbook I was supposed to do, and I didn't do it. And my parents said, and I they, the teacher said, "Ah, oh, it's okay. We'll still pass him. It's okay. He doesn't have to do it." And my parents said, "No, he needs to finish this." So I had Ooh. a cousin who's a school teacher. So she sat with me for seemed like a hundred years. It was probably like five or six days, and we did. Every art, every everything in this book, and you know what the effect was? I could spell anything. You. I got like it. I it was it was like burned into my mind. Speed learn. It was in, an intensive training, and and I and to this day I can dispel things. And now you'll probably give me something. I'll misspell it, right? But I can basically spell things. Yeah, well, but but knowing peace of mind isn't about spelling. It's knowing the right word. That's true, but there it's a there's there's two there's a couple of words that sound like that. But there is a meaning, correct. But I, I learned that's how I learned how to spell <laughs> back in when I was seven. Hmm. Oh. I have to have to verify this, George. I was also this. told about you the give me a test of some kind. Drop a test on mm-hmm. me fail or work me out. A man who will lie about his spelling, he will lie about anything. <laughs> well, he's just a clearly not trustworthy. No. I would not talk to him. You know, I was I went to the Harvard Club once. So after I was sort of out from being married, I I'd went to a Red Sox game by myself, and I met this beautiful blonde. Well, I can't remember her name now. We didn't we didn't really mm-hmm. we kind of went out one more time, but we just went walking around, and she was she was she taught at Harvard is like an adjunct professor. And she says, you want to go to the Harvard Club? So we did. So I, I used the bathroom at the Harvard Club. <laughs> Very nice, George. <laughs> I, okay. I hope you stole something. Uh, maybe. I'd rather not say. But um, but I did. <clears throat> but um, yeah, that was my one time at the Harvard Club. Have you been in the White House? No. Have you been in the White House? Mm. Not the good part, George. Just the part they let you in if you get in line. For like the tour. Right. I mean, it's still very interesting, it, you know, that's, and it's a smaller place. It's just like it's function rooms, really, the East Room and all those. Um, and it, it is very pretty, but it is 
it is an old old mansion. Yes. So it is beat up. The floors aren't perfect. You know, there's the walls uh, could use some work. Um, there's a lot and, of people uh, going through there on a daily basis. It's a place oh, people totally. want to be and have to be. Totally. And the um, and the uniform Secret Service there was fantastic. Very fun and nice. My, I played with my wayward kids who were like walking in the stanchioned areas where they shouldn't have been. They could be Soviet you know, plants of some kind to test the right. security and they just could be taken out. Taken right. away. Right. And security getting in there was very tough. And they like do the thing where they have the thing blow on you for bombs or something. They get all sorts of stuff happening. But once you're in there, there's no real security. I've been like in the Senate office building and I had to do the metal detector. Right. Oh, I the went, metal detector. Yeah, yeah. But the White House has a few different steps. I'll that bet they do. Well, to, I'll tell you. So I have not. I've not been to the White House, but my my good friend Gene, who had the our other company with Rich. That's how I met Rich. Uh, called Telecast Fiber Systems, which is fiber optic links the last thousand feet of your broadcast from like the stadium to the satellite truck, or the, whatever. We sold stuff to the White House. So Gene was in the Oval Office, not when the president was there, but he was there where there was some Air Force guy that was you know captain who was sort of in charge of this tech thing. And Gene wired in fiber into the into the White House, into the Oval Office, and other rooms, and all this stuff. And uh, you know, he was there. He, as a matter of fact, I knew this company was doing well when we had gear in the White House and in the Kremlin. It wasn't connected, but but it was in both places. Or Back was in, it, George? Who knows? Well, so Gene Is points you out. Tell us. So Gene points out to to the to this White House guy that you know. If you, you could acoustically listen to the fiber when nothing's connected to it and actually hear whatever's going on in that room, he just said, just don't don't tell anyone that. Of course, I just did, right? But, um, Ooh. oh, because it, it's, you know, it's it's a piece of glass and it doesn't compress. So he, he claimed <laughs> it was a perfect spying device with no electronics. So, so uh, who knows? Who knows? All right, George. Uh, anything bit of housekeeping we should get done before we say goodbye? I think we're tomorrow? good. I think we're we're good. I think we should say goodbye until tomorrow. And I've got I've got another. Of course, I've I've been working on drops. This has encouraged me to work on more drops. I know you hate this, but um, here we go. We'll say goodnight, and we'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> I, I was thinking about getting a guest. Okay, it's it's a guy. It's one of my customers. I won't say who because he said Ooh, I can't. Sounds exciting, George. No, no, he's a radio guy, um, mm -hmm. and uh, he said I can't come on as my as my my job they're not allowing me to do that but i said you can come on as a radio as just a radio guy and i think he's got a lot of stories he's a nice guy and we'll see mm. we'll see if he does it i don't know it's a lot of pressure that would be our second guest i think if we had <laughs> the first one was we've already had somewhat, Jacqueline Cashman. yeah she was a little hammered though so it was okay which was great she it was, was awesome great. she was wonderful that was like random can he bring that what is this what is he going to talk about george i'm worried i don't know i'll find out I'll find. I'll see if he wants to really do it. He hasn't responded to when I said, "No, it's okay. You can just come on as your." Maybe he comes in on a, on a pseudonym. We give him a pseudonym so that he can't be traced back. I'll, I'll suggest that to them. But um, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Good night and drive safely. Any similarity of Tom and George with actual human beings is purely coincidental. Your announcer, Felicity Humphrey Smythe. <laughs> oh no. All right. We'll do it again tomorrow. George, God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.